Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my marvelous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm currently trying to figure out if I want to get hit in the face with toxic waste, be sent into space to be hit with cosmic rays, be bitten by a radioactive spider, or just be the result of higher background radiation making mutants. I haven't decided yet, but it seems to me that the the Marvel formula for success usually involves radiation in some way. Even Captain America's origin has radiation in it. You know, yeah, you know, people forget that. People forget that it wasn't just a super soldier serum that was injected in them. They also exposed them to gamma radiation. Like the OG. That was what they had. Vi- Vita rays, they called it at the time, but which is what I- would eventually become it, because I think that was also in the uh the Hulk, they were experimenting with Vita Rays, right? I don't think so. I think in the, in the Hulk, at least the comics, originally it was a gamma bomb. It was always a gamma bomb. But it's still just messed up that, it, you know, Vita Rays, they didn't say what they were. They could have been anything. They just, you know, it's like when they, descri- they used to describe, a, instead of calling it nicotine, they would call it, your, your you know, your cigarettes hit your Q zone. Uh, you know, it's it's like that kind of vague and even, what, what are we using? So it perfectly well could be gamma rays. You know and, what I mean? And even things like the Tarragon mists, the thing that, that produce uh, the, the, that, that wonderful, totally, we're not mutants. Um, yeah, even the humans, the, the inhumans, uh, Tarragon mists, even that has an aspect of that radiation creep to it. It's an interesting thing to think about. And it, the thing about the Tarragon mists, I absolutely love, and I don't get why more writers don't seem to get this. They established that the Tarragon mists were killing mutants that were exposed to them, right? Yep. And wait, we can't talk about this now. <laughs> what are we listen, doing? Listen, listen. All I know, and we're gonna we'll, we'll come back to this at some point because I know people like Atene really, really, really want us to have another comics episode, if not an entire podcast dedicated to just Matt and Joe talking about comics for three hours at a time. Maybe somewhere down in the future, folks, if we have time and money. But right now, we're gonna talk about other things. Mainly, we're gonna be talking about your questions from our wonderful listeners, what you've sent into us. Uh, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Specify the show that it's for and any spe- special pronunciations of your name to go along with them. If you want, you can hit us up on Discord. We have the Q and Podcast Questions channel, which is open for everybody. Drop us a line. Same rules apply. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, as an extra way of saying thank you, we have the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel where we tend to look for first for our questions, where a lot of these actually have come from. We're going to start with something that I think will also get Matt, uh, Matt on a little bit of a tirade slash rant slash, uh, well, let's see how far in the rabbit hole he goes. But this is a question from Tetsemi. Cyberpunk 2077, if your character had all the same abilities, skills, minus the Engram chip, would they still be as effective as they are? Besides angry Keanu Reeves in your head and the very important recovery from being dead, what other abilities does it give you in-game that I'm not recognizing? Matt, uh, okay. go for it. Well, first off, there's a bunch of different topics in this that, I, that you could go down. Um, and I and I might try to actually go around to them. In terms of the brute force question you asked, what does the, the chip, the relic, it's relic 2.0, it's not the Engram chip. Uh, I, I'm being... I'm being pedantic. I apologize, but it is who I am. the the second The second generation relic, Relic 2.0, is it's a very advanced piece of of hardware. Uh, the chip that goes into into the slot it has to be nested in a safe environment, or it'll die because it is the, well, one just, of the most not just a safe environment, a very specific 
temperature yeah. control or a bio environment, if you will. Yeah, it has to be basically in a human or it blows up. And one of the reasons for that is that it is essentially the level of nanotechnology at work here is cutting edge for 2077 cyberpunk. And it's very clear that Arasaka did not develop this technology by itself. Some of that technology is from other places. Uh, we also know that Arasaka has been using, there's a, a quote Johnny says at one where he's like, they, you, you know, they use soul killer to basically, you know, find people and, and rip their minds and then basically put them to work designing things. That's one of the crazy scare. He says some of the crazy, scary net runners all working for Arasaka because they're dead. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And, and just their constructs. That's why this Makoshi soul prison is so important. That's why, a that's why uh, I want to say Ash, but it's not Ash. <sighs> alt. That's why Alt wants to get in there and, and get those constructs out of Makoshi. It's not just out of the kindness of her heart. And it's not just because she wants to absorb a bunch of them just because she wants them because they are the, the cream of the crop of Arasaka's essentially enslaved workers. These are people who imagine if companies could just kill you and then forever use you in this way. That's what Arasaka has done. Some of those people work for other places than Arasaka. I mean, one of the things that's a big part of cyberpunk as a setting is intercorp extraction, where a company basically kidnaps a guy or, or, or girl, whatever. Uh, you know, a company basically kidnaps them and, and it's essentially makes them indentured servants. You know, like there's that whole bit with uh, Anders Hellman where he's like, you know, do you have an offer for me? He thinks you're doing an intercorp ex extraction on him. He thinks you're stealing him from Kang Tao. And you're like, no, I got nothing for you. You're going to help me. It's it's that kind of thing. They take it to the next step. Arasaka has literally developed technology that allows them to rip people's brains out. And they don't even have to kill people anymore. That's the other thing. The original Relic, the first version of it, just stores an Engram. But they don't kill those people. 
people go in and get their engram copied and they're not dead when it's over some people like there's actually a, a data file when you go you're doing the uh parade the parade quest I'm, and spoilers are going to be coming but guys the game's been out since 2020 um when you're doing the parade bit and uh you've got um I'm trying to remember his name, and he, geez, I'm just having a really hard time. Takamura. Takamura's like going, no, they know much. And meanwhile, you can look at data entries. There's this whole thing about people who've gone in to get their their uh, engrams copied and what happened to them. And most of them were fine. One person's engram broke. Like it just, it went like sociopathic. And they don't know why, so they're keeping it contained. And they're like, he might have been on substances that he didn't tell us he was on. And one woman died. And they're like... That's that's not what we want, but that's how it used to always work. Soul Killer used to always kill you. So, as as I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it's uh, which one of the Arasakas. It must be. It must not be Yorinobu. It must be Hanako. Because Han- you don't talk to Yorinobu. No, you talk to Hanako. Hanako gives you a lot of this information, right? Yeah, Hanako is the if one that you, says if you choose go to go down the route that saves Hanako. Yeah, or or in get involved with it because there's a lot of things you do before this like you wind up doing a bunch of wet work for Hanako and a, a bunch of things and this is shortly before the we'll call it the board meeting I think that's the best way to put it mm-hmm. uh, where she starts revealing to you a lot of the history of the soul killer and what it was what it you know used to be and what it became yeah uh, but even even if you don't go to the, to the devil ending which is what that's called um she still tells you that the the soul killer that they're using, and Alt Alt also says this. Alt Alt says straight up, the program I designed has has no, almost nothing in common with the program they are currently using. They have they have taken it far beyond what I ever intended. Uh, and so that's the first thing to keep in mind: that soul killer and the Engram stuff. It's it's a wide net that Arasaka is using to design this technology, and the Relic 2.0 is so much more advanced than the original Relic that it is. It's like talking about well, on one hand we've got wax cylinders that we can use to record music and then replay it. On the other hand, we've got this device that we can put an entire human brain on. Like that's the level of complexity. They they, they they're just vastly different. The Relic 2.0 contains nanites that are the most advanced nanites in the world, like in the game's fiction, these are it. And the reason this is like both Arasaka and Militech were going in different directions for what they wanted their technology to do. Militech created a device that allowed them to literally capture and forcibly, for lack of a word, to enslave AIs. And Arasaka has effectively developed a device that allows AIs to get into flesh and blood human bodies because yeah. that's what an engram is. Well, yeah, and, and don't forget they did this in the the effort of chasing immortality, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, because absolutely. that that is that was the impetus because that's the one thing that, um, and this is sort of where like the engram is really important, or the 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 uh, the, chip, the, engram, relic. the relic chip is rather important because it's it's the one thing that is sort of like the carrot on a stick in cyberpunk that nobody is supposed to have a handle on, which is functional immortality. The AIs have it because they're not really fully alive. Uh, if you look at alt and how she's altered and, and the current version of her, she's really not alt. She's just an AI. Um, whereas with something like the relic, 
you can imprint somebody's entire personality onto it and literally take over a host body, effectively mm-hmm. rebirthing that person as whoever was encoded on the Ingram, giving them functional immortality. Now, there are characters who are suspected of being functionally immortal in the universe. Uh, Adam Smasher being one of them for various reasons. Uh, and he may have been, and we've talked about this before. He may have been a precursor to what was the become the relic chip of the current day in the entire program uh, with Makoshi and everything else. He may be a, a prototype for them, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also beings like Mr. Blue eyes and the entire society of rather wealthy Methuselahs that exist that are suspected of being the same people who have lived for generations within the city. Um, but that never included Arasaka and it never included Militech. And it was definitely something that, it's whispered about. It's not a widely known secret. Yeah. Some people think it's night, it's night Corp and that night Corp has in fact been run by AIs or something else for a very long time. Um, there's also, there's the Lilith uh, stuff. I don't know if you guys paid attention to the cyber psycho stuff, but there's one in particular where a, a woman named Lilith has basically done something and it turns out if you pay attention to the other conspiracy theory yelling guy who's just outside misty's store eventually his quest leads you to eavesdrop on a Mm -hmm. a meeting between maelstrom and night corp and they're like basically implying that ais are getting past the black wall and into people uh so that's that's also part of this whole thing all, all of this is to say the first thing about the relic to keep in mind in terms of the, the abilities it grants V is it seems to grant V a kind of immortality. V dies twice in this if you play this game and you do if you do <clears throat> the uh, Voodoo Boys mission mm-hmm. and you just do what they asked you to do, you don't make a deal with Netwatch, you just straight up do what you've been hired to do, you die. They kill you. But then the relic reboots you again and think about what that means v if you're at that point in the game v has survived dying twice because the chip just won't let her die even as it's killing her and in fact well to be fair it's not killing her it's overwriting her but that's here's the thing i don't think it is but that's we'll we'll get back to that um but that's the first thing it does it it provides that literally if you had a fully functioning relic chip inside you and you don't get shot in the relic chip, which is what happens to V that, that starts the whole process going haywire. If you don't get shot in the chip and the chips just stayed in there and you've been reborn using it, like if they put the, the relic inside a body and now that body has been turned into the other person, you would be practically immortal because the relic would keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you now have a permanent backup of yourself in your own head. And anytime something happened to you, it would try, the, the nanites would come out and try and fix it. And they're very good at this. They can do, they can change your DNA. They've, that's the reason Johnny can take the body at the end of the game. If you choose to let Johnny take the body, he won't die. He won't get sick. He won't be rejected because the body has already had its DNA changed. It's, it's genotype and its phenotype are now completely different. It may still look like V, but it doesn't, you know, if you cloned the V who has been taken over by Johnny and has the chip, you know, Johnny has now got the body running around. If you cloned it, it's not V's DNA. It's, it's, an, it's a modification. It's a copy of Johnny's original DNA. 
that's how how broad spectrum relic 2.0 is so that's one thing it gives you that's not readily apparent but at least on two occasions that chip keeps you from dying also as you find out in if you're playing through phantom liberty a lot of the stuff on the chip was was decayed by the bullet hitting it Mm -hmm. um it took a, it took damage. The chip doesn't necessarily know how to fix itself, uh, so it seems to have basically just fused itself into your nervous system, which is why they can't just pull it out. Um, but when Songbird manipulates it, and she's using a black wall protocol, so she's using you know AIs to get in there and and monkey around, she pulls out all the corrupted data and puts Militech combat software in. And so once that happens the relic has the ability to basically unlock your cyberware. There are limiters putting the cyberware on purpose to keep it from killing or immediately driving someone mad. And one of the things I really liked about the game is that one of the ways you can get lore in it is through just listening to other stuff that has nothing to do with you directly. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're driving around listening to the radio and you're on the station with Maximum Mike, Maximum Mike is played by Mike Pondsmith. The creator of cyberpunk. Yeah. And one of the things he says is that he doesn't, he thinks cyberpsychosis might be caused by the black wall protocol because that's in everything. The black wall is, isn't some monolithic thing that exists out in the net. That's just a representation of it. The black wall is an AI that is basically in everything, which is that's how it keeps. Yeah. It has to be to keep the other AIs out. So, so everything you, you have, every piece of cyber you have has black wall code in it, which is exactly how Songbird gets to your relic because she jumps to the black wall. She uses the black wall to jump to the part of, of the black wall that is in your, your stuff. But with the Militech software, she can basically, V can then unlock cyberware. And, and use it well above the thresholds that would endanger other people. And it's fine. You'll notice that V never goes cyber psycho. Never even close go, to it. Yeah. Yeah. They can go. They, there's a berserk mode that they can go into, but it isn't cyber psychosis. And part of that is the fact that like David Martinez, V is naturally good at, at a com, you know, at, at taking software, like taking um, cyberware. They but, literally have the edge runner perk. But uh, the question, the question about that is, is it because it's V or is it because it's a genetically modified V? And that is one pos- one thing. Yeah. Maybe it is that, and maybe it's not even V at all. Maybe it's the relic. Like anytime V would go berserk, anytime they would go into full on cyber psychosis, there's another mind in there sharing the load. Think about it. Johnny and V are, both it's Johnny at one point even says when V is using a, a BD, a brain dance, Johnny says, it's my brain too. Isn't it? That brain is running two minds. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. If, if you just had that, it, there's even like, there's even scenes where you see Johnny and V having a conversation where, where Johnny is like, smell that. Ah, Neo amphetamine. And V is like, you can just tell by smelling it like a bomb sniffing dog. And what, nobody seems to point out to, to either of them is that Johnny is using V's nose. Mm-hmm. Johnny's all of Johnny's senses come from V, but Johnny can use them independently of V. He doesn't, V doesn't have to let him do it. He's just doing it. He's running in parallel. Uh, 
the whole bit with the medication is just which one of them has direct control of the body and which one of them is submerged. And you'll notice even when the body is at the its lowest ebb and, and you know, uh, v Vector is going like, fix this. You know, if you can't fix it, you know, here's a, here's a gun you can use. Even then, V is still in there, even when Johnny has the body and even says, you know, I can, it gets sharper as, as the drugs wear off. John V could have ended up the way Johnny is at the beginning. V could have ended up like that at the end Mm -hmm. as a passenger inside Johnny. If alt hadn't disentangled them, then it's quite possible in an ending where Johnny's got the body, V could have ended up inside of it, unable to control it. Yeah. All that to say, all that to say that like the root of your question here is would V be as effective without the relic? No, probably not. Like not even, between the, the stuff that, that the relic can be repurposed to do, because the relic is the most advanced, you know, of its biochip on the planet with, with the nanites that can allow it to go into all of your cyberware and change the way they function. Between that, the fact that it is running, a, it has basically changed your brain enough that it can run a parallel processed version of somebody else. And you can literally talk to them. They can say, hey, V, look out. There's, you know, they can share the load so that cyberpsychosis doesn't occur. There's a lot think, going on with the relic. Yeah, think think about it in, in in the most simplest terms. When we talk about how much of our brain we use at any given point in time, the percentage is never a hundred percent. At least this is what yeah, scientists. Go ahead. Don't go with the ten percent thing because that's I'm not, not true. I'm not. Okay. Um, but, but no, the, your point is valid. Yeah, my just, point is to- my point is you're not firing in all neurons all the time. It's impossible for somebody to do that because essentially your brain is just not wired to do that. Something bad would potentially happen to you. Here, however, it, you kind of are. The relic lets the person who has it in their brain, in this case, V, sort of fire on all cylinders all the time. Yeah, it, because there's somebody else who Because there's somebody else who's using the parts that you're not using. And even with that bleed over of the parts that you are using, like you're talking about, like uh, factoring in the senses and things like that, it creates. Uh, there's one of the endings that I think is one of the, the, the best examples of this is when you go in by yourself, but you're really not by yourself. It's you and Johnny. And with the relic firing on all cylinders with you, he's warning you of what's coming. You're not seeing it. He is. And he's telling you three more coming down the pipe, six more on the left. Like he's as much in there invested in what's happening as you are, but it allows it to, to do something that V couldn't do without it. V yeah, wouldn't have, go ahead. Right. No. All right. Um, Another way to look at it is in, in real life, we know this intuition is just your brain processing stuff that you aren't consciously aware of. Mm-hmm. That's one of the th- possible ideas behind what intuition is with Johnny there. You have active intuition. You have an active participant who cannot just perceive stuff. You don't, he, he perceives stuff. You don't more importantly, he can tell you about it in far more detail than just, I got a feeling. Like he can straight up all the stuff Joe said, the fact that he's the one that tells you, Hey, that room over there, I think that's the access point. All that stuff is the relic. The relic is doing that. It is making him possible. And uh, I, I don't know. Do we, yeah, we have time whatever. Another thing to consider is this, the, the person V is V is not the same person after Johnny shows up. No, their, their minds are melding. 
their memories and ex experiences are going between the two of them. And we see that in how Johnny progresses as a person, but we also see that in what V becomes because V before uh, was a bit of a poser to the point where people called V a poser. Um, there's like one thing where it's like, you know, a big Tino and some poser jerk came in and raided our thing. And I want to know who they were. Uh, I think the scavs are looking for you. These before that point, V is trying to prove something, trying to make a name. But when that's gone and survival is all that's on the table, V becomes ever more ruthless. V literally, there's a part where Johnny says something like, you're starting to remind me of me. And he's being smug and sarcastic about it. And V can respond, yeah, but it goes two ways. Maybe you're becoming more like me. And they were. The old Johnny would never have actually gone on a date with Rogue like that. Because he didn't have time for it. It was all about, you know, his goals. But he, you know, V being there, he now has empathy he didn't really have before. And V, meanwhile, has ruthlessness he never would have had before. They would never would have had, depending on who, which version you play. And I think it's Joe. We talked about this once. You talked about the uh, the Delamain quest, where you go in and you and you can. One of the things you can do is if you have a high enough uh, into int, you can merge the two Del, the Delamain and all of his sub Delamains yep. back into one being. Yep. I think that was what was going to happen if. If nothing had been done, there wouldn't have been a Johnny or it would have a been v. a perfect hybrid. A yeah, new, a, new, it would have, a new entity. Yeah, a being who basically a Tuvix, <laughs> you know, which is you know not not my favorite episode, but you know, but there would have been a being who had the memories and experiences of both of them, and it was already happening. There's one part where jo where Johnny goes, "Man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to live up to the idea that you know I let you know De I let Dex beat me." I let him, you know, I let him, you know, trick me and, and, and kill me. And it's like, you know, yeah, it is your life now, even though you weren't there at the time. Now you do remember it. The Johnny at the end of the game remembers everything V did. Mm -hmm. Like the, doesn't just remember V as a person that they knew remembers V's life. Doesn't like, that's just, that's just wild to think about. And that's, you know, the, the relic. It, it, it's really fascinating to me just how deep the rabbit hole on the relic goes. I mean, we were talking about it anyway, so we should probably talk about it. The the ending where Hanako uh, reveals to you what she knows about it. It's it's kind of uh it's foreshadowed when you get Hellman. Yeah, and he and he gives you the technical specs on the on the relic. If you it's a blink if you miss it thing, but it straight up shows you Saburo Arasaka. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Is one of the files yeah, and on that, your relic. And that's a huge thing because that's that's a plot point that I think uh, at early stages people missed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, it goes back to the whole functional immortality. Of course, of course, he would want to try to be functionally immortal. And what better way to do that than to encode yourself onto the Ingram, realizing that somebody is going to come gunning for you someday because you are one of the two or three largest corporations in the world, not just Night City, the world. Mm-hmm. With technology that once it becomes widely available is going to put a huge target on your back once the public knows about it. So why don't you program yourself or have yourself uploaded into that as a failsafe? And that's exactly what he does. Yeah, and there's a lot of theories, there's fan theories and so forth, about, you know, Saburo was always planning on on using Yorinobu as his yeah. next body. And Yorinobu found out, and that's why he stole the chip in the first place. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know. It's fan theories. I have no idea. You know, you, there's there's stuff in the game that makes you think, yeah, it could have been that. Uh, well, think about it, too. Like, who is the son with as his personal protector? Yeah, Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher. Why would he be? Why would he be shacked up with Adam Smasher if he did not if he did not have some foreknowledge about that? Because don't get me wrong. There's a lot of mercenaries that, you know, he could have gone with. Yeah. Ones that are less outright murderous, for that matter. Ones Adam's- that are quieter quieter a little more subtle maybe not fully like almost fully robotic adam smasher was a very conscious choice a very high profile mercenary to have on your payroll and then again going back to it later who's at arasaka waiting for you when you're on your final run yeah smasher it all it all comes back to it all comes back to that that dang engram that damn that damn relic it's interesting too because as you pointed out, I want to talk about this for a second. One thing people have said is that they think that Smasher might be something like the relic. Yeah. And the thing is is that it's interesting to watch the the, the arguments people make back and forth on it. Um I I don't have an opinion on it yet cuz I haven't seen enough in the game that I feel points me in one direction, but one of the ideas I think are interesting is that because the technology to fully copy a mind when it the original version of it killed you and smasher is very much he's a cyborg when you see him in 2023 but he's he's not like full conversion he's got human parts he's still mostly biological he just has a lot of cyberware but the 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 slash the smasher you see in 2077 is if there's anything biological it's barely like it's parts of his skull and nervous system parts of them not even the whole thing like he's less human than robocop even by the time you see him in 2076 because he is an edge runners and edge runners canonically takes place in 2076 before the events of the game he's brought in to deal with david and uh when david has the cyber skeleton uh and he even comments on there that he like essentially sees himself in the boy right like there's a recognition there that is just absolutely it's not a passing thing. And I think it's something that in edge runners, maybe we didn't talk about enough. Uh, and maybe a lot of people don't, it's just like when he's looking at it, when he's, he's going through and, and identifying David and the other threats, um, 
he scoffs at it being a rudimentary implant, right? Um, Lucy tries to to hack Smasher and can't. Like, yeah, no, he's got he's, he's got stuff she's never seen, which would lead more credence to the idea of him being something that they've never encountered before. Obviously, you know, dealing with the the relic, if he is something like that, if he is on the power with it, if he is something that is a combination of inorganic material with maybe just enough organic so that he can, and I'm an air quote here, feel things uh, enough for the, uh, the, the rudimentary engram to sort of be stabilized because again, it needs a certain biological mass to do so. It seems like. Yeah. And also um, I think that's necessary for him to be effective. I would agree. If he were fully mechanical, if he were like an emotionless AI, he wouldn't be the, proficient slaughter machine that he is like if you watch ed runner edge runners david is flying of like the most advanced militech combat exoskeleton in existence it's so advanced that arasaka is trying to steal it it's just that good you know what it reminds me of it reminds me a lot of when adam smasher (laughs) this is gonna this is gonna sound funny um but it reminds me of kane from robocop 2 um yeah it kind of does like that yeah it's very much that same thing where they were trying to create another RoboCop and they couldn't because every time they tried, every time they even got close to it, they never had enough organic material left over uh, in order to create something that was even remotely close to RoboCop or effective. And it was actually a very horrific experience looking at it from the outside in. But then you have Kane who they take and they take his brain, his skull, his uh, spinal cord. And they do exactly what it looks like Adam Smasher is, which is a really cool faceplate in front of it uh, to him and a whole load of drugs to keep him to keep him. And I'm going to air quote compliant because it doesn't last very long, but it is a very similar thing. And it's this concept of how much humanity do you need to have uh, in order to or how much organic materials you have to retain enough humanity to be a functional creature, which is an existential crisis within cyberpunk 2077 it's a a core question of the cyberpunk universe we've talked about it before how much can you implant into yourself before you're not human anymore and how much how much of that is before you are either fully machine or an ai and yeah and at what point does it even matter yeah uh people like a lot of people talk about I was reading something again don't go to reddit if you don't want to be disappointed but I was reading a bunch of stuff on reddit about the game and about people talking about the, the stories and themes and I'm they're like, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't say anything about them. I'm like, yes, it doesn't say anything about them. It asks you, the game is not telling you what the right moral ethical and human things to do are. It's asking you, is this, is it, is it right to, you know, just kill a man? You know, you know, he murdered a bunch of people, but you also know he's, he's been undergoing cyber psychosis and he had all of his implants taken out. He's like literally like a chopped up mummy at this point. He had all of his fancy military combat implants taken out. Do you just kill him or do you like try to get him to someone who can help someone with cyber psychosis? And if you do that, you're basically throwing the gig under the bus. Like, and that's, that's a problem when you are, you survive by your reputation. Your, your rep as a merc is how you survive in Night City. So you're you're playing with it here. Like, do you, mm-hmm. do you, you know, and that's just one of many things where there's no answer. It doesn't tell you. And that's the thing I love about the whole Smasher relic. This particular aspect of the transhumanism of the game is about, you know, to put it in almost all of the endings 
of Cyberpunk 2077. Either V is not in the body anymore and Johnny is running it, which means that an Engram, not an actual person, an Engram of that person now has a new flesh and blood body mm-hmm. and is moving around in it. And what is, is, is that Johnny really Johnny? Is that Johnny really a person? Is that V with Johnny as the person inside of it, really the person? But in every other case, the nomad ending, the sun ending, um, I think even the, the Arasaka ending, you're not the, you know, V dies a third time mm-hmm. because alt or Arasaka make an engram out of you to get you out of the body so they can put you back into the body. And either way, that means the engram is now V and that does that mean that that's not V anymore? V has now basically been digitally encoded and has now been reinserted into their own body. Are they a person anymore? And there's no answer to this. But the only ending that that absolutely avoids this, the only ending where you know that that didn't happen, and I'll put an asterisk on it, but is is the ending that comes with Phantom Liberty where you basically get the uh, FIA to help you. Because they just put you, they supposedly, they tell you that they take you and use this artificial intelligence that, that's been, you know, trapped in a Nexus thing to basically reformat you and pull out all of the, the Johnny stuff from your head. All of the stuff that's been changed to be Johnny, they apparently cut it out or remove it somehow. And the cost is that you no longer can use cyberware. Which feels interesting. And we talked yeah. about it before. But it's like, why is that? Why is that specific thing what they did? Or is it all a ruse? Is it? Yeah. Is it all a ruse? That is exactly what I've been thinking about it since I saw it. That they couldn't fix it, which is why you were out for how three months. Uh, The thing is, is that we see from Songbird that the the and we see also from Myers that Militech and the NUSA knows a lot more about the relic than other people do. Oh yeah. And Arasaka's their biggest rival. Of course, they're trying to do espionage against them. They've been fighting since the you know since the 2020s. They've they've had four wars now, at least. So yeah, of course you know. And we know that with Songbird, if you give Songbird, the only way you get this ending is if you give Songbird back to uh, the NUSA. You don't send her to the moon. You put her back in Meyer's hands. And Myers is absolutely willing to just utterly destroy Songbird's humanity to keep using her as a weapon, to keep using her to breach the Black Wall on behalf of the NUSA. And think about that. That that means that they have a they have a backdoor into every piece of technology in the world. No wonder Netwatch is like rapidly trying to stop it because it's going to let the Black Wall in. It's done so already. It's going to let things from beyond the black wall in. Yeah, especially when you do the Cerberus weapon or deck, you mm-hmm. already know about that. Like it's already and a thing. Alt even tells you if you talk to mm-hmm. Alt after you after you do Phantom Liberty, if you go then do the end mission, and oh, you're talking to Alt. She's like, you're already carrying around one of them. You're you're making the day where the technology in the world that you live in is sufficient for them to come in, and that's the relic. The relic is that advanced enough technology because it can put oh, a yeah. complete oh. mind. Yeah, it can put well, a complete mind into a human body. Well, not only that, think about think about it too. Because after knowledge of the relic becomes public, what do you see? 
There's a bunch of newscasts. There's a bunch of advertisements that start popping up. The advertisements are really at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Where like they're they're sort of not scattered everywhere, but in very key places. Especially like if you go to like downtown in the the higher end districts, uh, where like a lot of the rich people are. There's a lot of advertisements for literally the relic. Right. It's it's the afterlife program that they're 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 trying to sell that they're trying to commodity make a commodity out of. Uh, but as more knowledge of that comes out, uh, there's even a part where like you can essentially there, it's essentially proven that Yarnobu is basically riding around in his son's body and everybody's kind of I don't want to say cool with it, but like, I think one of the newscasts is like his son volunteered air quote for it as it was the right and honorable thing to do for his father. And they make this whole big deal of it. But yeah, that that's exactly what it's doing. They're selling this service. They're selling this high end chip to all these people to carry around in their brains, because that's essentially what happens is you carry the chip. It copies you when your time of death or like, you know, stays at the backup and then you can reinsert yourself into another body. Nothing says or even it, or even that body if it's not too badly damaged. Right. And there's nothing that says that an AI couldn't jack you at that point. We know they could because Songbird uses yeah. the Blackwall protocol to get into the relic. Yeah, so, there's yes. This is the more the more <laughs> I think about it, the more I've been thinking about it, the more I realize that the technology that she's talking about, when Alt says the technology isn't there yet, they're limited by what's possible in your reality but you will bring you will bring about an end and that's because you're running around with a, with a with a beyond the black wall ai in your freaking gun or in your cyber deck oh my god you have it in your cyber uh-huh. deck and you know you have a relic in your head so it gets to study the relic all it wants you know think about how bad that could be for everybody involved and the thing is is that in most of the endings, the, the relic is essentially at the end of the game, the relic is a no-go. Like you have ruined uh, Arasaka's chances. It, you've set them back like 30 years. You know, the relic program, the the one that they were marketing to people is effectively no one wants it. No one will do it, anything with it, but they still have the technology and they're still one of the three biggest companies in the world. Even if they did take a big hit, they can't do much in night city anymore but they have plenty of power and influence everywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the other thing that is, I think very interesting about it is there's a very, there's an undercurrent in the story that if you don't pay attention, you'll miss, but it's a very cyberpunk thing is that forgetting what happened a year ago is pretty much the norm. It's only a matter of time before enough people have either burned out, died, gone away or, or been shamed into nothingness that they can come back and do exactly the same thing because the next generation won't care. Or like David Martinez's entire life is basically forgotten a year later. Yep. Yeah. The guy yeah. flew a giant robot suit to Arasaka Tower and killed a bunch of people. Created a and- massive crater that led to the underground that destroyed a lot of the city in doing so. That was only a year ago. Yeah. And barely anybody remembers the guy. And nobody mentions it. Nobody talks about it. Like in, in the game, you can go to the places that they were like, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, why can't I remember her name? The one with the big hands, Rebecca, um, 
Rebecca and her brother's apartment is still there. It's there. You can go inside of it and look around. Uh, the place where they hung out after missions, it's there. All these places exist, reminding you how close those events were. And those events were loud and big. But then at the end of the day, that's just Night City. Like, Night City, loud, big, awful things happen every day. Think of all the gangs that roll around on the, the highways. So you see that in the cyberpunk edge runner that just murder people. They're shooting at each other. People, innocent people caught in the crossfires. Now go to the game. The same thing happens. Like innocent people get caught in the crossfire of gangs going to war or gangs going to war with the cops uh, or max tech coming down and them happening to be in the wrong area. Um, Night city is not a, a safe, clean place. And so, because there's so much trauma and so much, because there's so much noise, it's really, really easy to forget about it when five minutes later, another thing's going to happen. And five minutes later, another thing's going to happen. Five minutes later, another thing is going to happen. You have this endless chain. When we talk about Night City being its own character and Night City swallowing you alive, that's why. Because, yeah. Right. And let's talk about the like, let's talk about the, the runners themselves, why it's so important that they have drinks named after them at the afterlife. Why Rogue made a place for them to be remembered because nobody else will. And there's this thought that, yes, you can die. You die twice. You die when you you're, you cease to, to exist in the mortal world, but then you die again when nobody speaks your name. When you are gone and forgotten, you are you are truly, honestly dead. And if you are never forgotten, that is the immortality that runners crave. They've made an impact. Yes, they were a flash in the plan, a flash in the pan, but like nobody forgot who Johnny Silverhand was after what he did. That was a big noise. Every runner knows who he is. Everybody knows who Adam Smasher is. Everybody knows who Morgan Blackhand is. These are all runners that made such a massive impact that the reverberations are felt forever. But for everyone that is remembered, how many are forgotten? How many are, yeah. are wiped out? Like, and nobody said a thing. Nobody, nobody will ever remember them. Right. It's, it's an interest. That's, that's what we talk about. Like when they talk about night city just swallows you up. That's literally what they mean. It's not that it will consume you and, and, you know, itself. It's just, there's just so much crammed into so little space. Cause essentially night city is, is Los Angeles, right? It's a massive city block. Uh, well, it's kind of like Los Angeles slash San Diego ish combined into one. Um, yes, I know they're nowhere near each other. Yes, I understand that. Please don't don't at me. Um, but it's the nearest analog I can think of. But it's massive, but it's still not as massive as the rest of the world. And so much happens in that confined space. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely fascinating. Yep. And I think that that comes back to what they're doing with the relic to get back to your question about the you know effectiveness of V without it. V without it would be a different person, both in terms of personality and abilities. Uh, even as first off, couldn't probably couldn't get as chromed out as you can get your V. Like you can get your V up there. I, I, my V is wandering around at this point with like I think four iconic uh, legendary cyber pieces of cyberware, like the the. Para Avis, the one that is just the armor booster from Heck, mm -hmm. um, the the best Sand of Easton, the Apogee, which mm -hmm. is the model that David was using, by the yep, way. Yep, sure is. 
so I've got that thing on. I've got the the one the the, the thirty cyberware costing eyes that give you like a massive crit boost. And um, yeah, I forget what the fourth one I have is, but it's it's also ridiculous. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, it's the chitin armor, like the skin armor that's basically like again nanotech armor that is reconfiguring your skin constantly to to basically protect you from damage. It's like you have skin that changes around and that kind of stuff is only so much of it is wearable by most people. Like another person who had that level of cyberware would, would be dead. You know, even, even David Martinez got to the point where he was going crazy. Remember? And he had the genetic quirk that made him able to handle much more cyberware than other people. And And even he was breaking. Yep. Even with the drugs, even with the drugs that they're, they're trying to put the inhibitors in place, but let's, Let's take it all back. Let's let's we have about 10 minutes left at this point because we've been rambling. Uh, But I do want to get back to some of the root of the question here. One of the things that I think is interesting is go back to the interactions between V and Dexter Deshaun. And I think that tells you a lot of what would happen without the Ingram. V and and Jackie had been working together for a while at this point, Um, ever since they had gotten together, ever since that very first botched job. um, I shouldn't even call it a bot shop, depending on how you begin to interact with them. It's, it's, it's interesting because each origin has a different way that you collide. But, uh, when they do collide, they become fast friends and they become a crew. They have them, they have bug, they have a whole bunch of minor support around them, but it's minor support. The fixers that they know are really very localized. Um, why can't I think of her name from, from, um, Wakako? Yeah. Wakako. Wakako knows a lot, but she is very small. Uh, Dexter Deshaun is considered medium to big time, right? Um, he was big time, got a lot of heat, left the city, came back. Uh, but he is a step up. He has contacts and connections everywhere, but also with the corporations. And that is sort of like, he's a segue point. V and Jackie were just getting the attention of Deshaun and they weren't even getting the attention of Deshaun because he was really, truly interested in them and doing the job. Not that he thought that they could do it so much, but it was, Hey, we got this gig. It hits this. These are perfectly fine scapegoats. If they survive great, all glory. If they don't, I ain't lose a damn thing. That's where V would have been. That's where V would have stayed minor jobs, Maybe something with a little more spice in it, but the abilities wouldn't have really gone as far. And again, because we don't know if V had the genetic quirk themselves that allows all that cyberware, or if it was because of the reconstruction by an AI Engram to make the body more suitable for it and thus making it more suitable for cyberware, which is where my my theory or feelings tend to lean. V oh, would have been stuck. Yeah, the other thing is it could even just be that the relic every time that V adds cyberware, the relic we know the relic can can unlock it. We know that because you do. You get to a certain point where you're literally unlocking your various cyber limbs, for example. The relic might have been literally adjusting V for each piece to uh-huh. prevent any problem. Like, okay, this piece needs to be okay. Yeah, I got this. I'll just, I'll just fill this full of nanotech. All right. Yeah, I got a direct line to everything. And that's the thing about the relic that we keep coming back to is that it is, it is a nanotech factory. 
It doesn't just have some nanites. It's a factory because think about how much it has to do. Mm-hmm. It has to completely reconfigure a brain and a body's genetic code to match the brain. Once it's done reconfiguring it, it's like, and most, and the, the, the idea of the relic was that you'd already be dead when it started working. So the fact that, that V is even survived into the body after it started working is a fluke. That wasn't supposed to be how it runs. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be put in an already dead person and go from there. Because the, keep in mind, this thing's super experimental. Like this thing was not, it was still in the testing phases. Uh, when, when Yorno stole it, you know, Hellman called him and was like, dude, I'm going to have to tell your dad, you've got to put it back. This is not how it's supposed to be treated, you know? And, and of course he didn't get anywhere with it, but yeah, the, the, the relic, the relic isn't, it's the MacGuffin of the story in a way, but it's actually a, it's like a, it's like an objective correlative for the world that cyberpunk is turning into. Mm-hmm. where you don't know what you are anymore. Night City does that to everybody in one way or another. You, you, if you leave Night City alive, you leave it very different than when you started. The person you were is not the person you are. Regardless, that's just what happens to people who go there. Uh, V's experience is just a little more literal than most people's. And, and I wish we had time to really talk about Mr. Blue Eyes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Because yeah, one of these days we're going to sit down and we're going to do a whole Mr. Blue Eyes episode. We tend to honestly, I don't be up front with you guys. I wasn't intending us to take the entire episode in this one question, but to send me thank you. Um, but it is something that we want to space and pepper in with the other stuff, especially. Yeah, obviously we want to do, you know, stuff of various Blizzard games too, guys. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's more important. We do get it. Uh, but also, you know, we're at the end of an expansion right now, which is really the perfect time to start peppering some of these in. So maybe we will do that if that's something you guys want to hear. Um, you know, it's it's just something to consider that down the line when we do those, it's, you know, it's just because we're trying to pick our timing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the blue eyes, Mr. Blue eyes, who he is uh, or who we think he is, which I think I've who he seen. might be. Yeah. yeah, who he might be. And and the society that sort of surrounds that 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 person. Um, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's it's very fascinating. We could we could spend quite a while uh, talking about it, but I, don't, I guess parting thoughts. We have about maybe five ten minutes left at most. What do you think? How do you want to leave it? Uh, I think. I mean, I think that generally speaking, we've pretty much answered the question as well as we can. Uh, ultimately, the things the relic does range from you know subtle but really important to blatant. The fact that it can brute force your cyberware so that you can like start generating imps with your fists mm-hmm. or you know now your your mantis blades you know can can scythe through like you know titanium or you know now your rocket launcher can fire 20 times you know it's like these the, the things the relic can do 
it almost feels like the relic could do almost anything. It could be repurposed to do almost anything. And I honestly think there's a reason. Okay, guys, I don't know how much time do we have right now? Five minutes. All right. In the 19, the late eighties, early nineties, after cyberpunk 2020 had been a, a modest success for our Telsorian games, uh, they put out a game kind of elaborating on a possible future for it called cyber generation. And that game was set in 2020, 2027. And in it, a strange nanite plague called the carbon plague was turning people into gray goo, except some people weren't turning into gray goo. They were generating like cyberware, but inside their own bodies, they were growing it. Like they could do stuff that you would normally need cyberware to do, but they didn't have any cyberware. They had like this weird liquid metal stuff inside them from the carbon plague. I've only bring this up because again, going back to maximum Mike, who is Mike Pondsmith, he references the carbon plague when he's talking as maximum Mike in the game, you hear him describe it. And the relic to me is something that feels like somebody that the carbon plague is the ancestor of it. The ability to modify a body on the fly and not just turn it into somebody else, but also expand its capabilities. Look at now go back to smasher and what smasher was like in, in edge runners. And when we see him in 2076 smasher has cyberware that is like ridiculously good. He, he has, and it's not an apogee, but he's got a sand of Easton that's better than David's. And David has the best cyberware on the market that, that, that sand of Easton David has is an experimental Militech model. Nobody was supposed to have it. Whatever the heck that uh, they made for smasher is equal, if not superior to it. He's walking around in a giant metal body and doing anything that anybody else can do. Like he's just insane. Now imagine if you didn't have to be full conversion to do that. You could still be mostly biological, but you could do all that. That's what V is. Think about it. V is still mostly biological. Like I'd say 75%, even with all the cyberware and yet can overclock all of it and doesn't go cyber psycho. There's more to the relic than just immortality. Immortality is certainly a big part of it, but there's also, if you're immortal, you also want to be, you know, more, you want to have power, right? And the relic has power. You can see it, you know, if you play through Phantom Liberty, you will see yourself doing things with it. I remember doing a superhero landing from like the top of the, you know how you, there's that huge drop down into the, the, uh, the stacks from, uh, I want to say biotechnical, but it's not biotechnical, but Terra, Terra Incognita, that area up there. It's literally like, like 10 floors. It's an, it's like a, a, like a 500 foot drop. Mm-hmm. You can superhero landing with the right perks from that height. And I know that's gameplay, but it's also lore because the the thing that's allowing you to do it is the relic. The the new programs you're running on the relic allow you to overclock your fists so that you can make a superhero landing from that height. Think about what that says about the relic. So yeah, that that's my final thing, Mike. But I do think that's going to do it for today, friends. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means that this podcast sending community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to our podcast, better chance of having your question answered on our podcast with the Q&A and that's free site experience. 
Again, if you have questions for our podcast, be sure to send those in to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Specify the show that it's for, any special pronunciation of your name. Uh, and we'll be more than happy to try to work those in and hopefully get more through more than one of them in an episode. This just happened to be a really, uh, I think we've both been playing Cyberpunk a little bit lately, so fresh mm-hmm. on the mind. <clears throat> if you want to hit us up on Discord, you can do so. We have the Q and Podcast Questions channel. Uh, that's open for everybody. Same rules apply. And uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, as a way of saying thank you for helping us keep the lights on, uh, you can hit the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel, which is where we look first, just as that little extra thank you. Bow that, folks. We'll see you next week.